acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, I'm Brian Austin Green. I'm Shauna Burgess. And I'm Randy Spelling. And you are listening to Oldish, an iHeartRadio podcast. Well, hey everybody. We're back again. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Hello, Randy. Hi there. How are you, my friend? Hey. Oh, it feels good to be back. I mean, last episode was really amazing. Our co-parenting episode, it felt good to talk about the responses being incredible about it. Yeah. Um, and I'm so excited to get into it with people's questions today. I certainly had a lot of them come to me on social media. So yeah. I love the people. It resonated with people. I feel like, Randy, you said it last episode, we could have done five episodes on co-parenting and parenting and we will probably revisit it many many times we were talking about that before like we the the reality is we're not going to be just doing one episode per topic yeah right there's there's co-parenting there's parenting there's relationships there's communication i mean all these things are very ripe and relevant and I'm sure we're going to get into all of those as Mm -hmm. uh, as time goes on so uh first i just have to ask Brian, you just came back from 90s con. I did. Yes. Didn't you? I yeah. Did. How was yeah. that? It was it's, huge. People were so excited to see him there. Yeah. I only know because of the people that messaged me on social media like, "Oh my god, I'm living my teenage dream." It was uh it was a really good time. I've uh I have not done a con before. I did um I did a sci-fi convention in London years ago, but I've never done a con. So to see uh, the inner workings of it, uh, to see the people that showed up, I knew 90% of them because when we were kids, we were doing things. And so all of a sudden I'm in Tampa with Mario Lopez and Mark Paul Goslier and TLC were there. And you had some of the kids from Full House who are now adults and have kids. You saw the Backstreet Boys. You were I talking did. to Nick Carter yeah, about I me. Yeah, I saw the Backstreet right. Boys. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I was talking to uh, to Nick and then some of the uh, NSYNC guys were there as well. So oh, was, really? Yeah. So it was great. It was a great time. Um, but it was always, it was amazing reconnecting and spending a little time with the cast because it's so rare that we get to do that, having kids and, and responsibilities and, and partners and, and 
all of that. We don't we don't yeah. travel nearly as much and as we possibly can. Bry and Tori were taking photos together, which was really special for fans, obviously yeah. because of their relationship on the show. And uh, again, all I can say is that so many people messaged me about how much fun they had. Did they really? More yeah. people messaged you than messaged me. I, I don't. <laughs> uh, it's maybe those people just were saying thank you to me there, and then just wanted you to know. Um, I hope they were all good reports. I, they, I wasn't being bad, I swear. You know, they all said you said horrible things about <laughs> me. No, they told me you said wonderful things about me. I was like, yeah, that's my man. He's pretty awesome. It was, it was nice just from a personal perspective to see the whole cast together, to see everyone where they're at now. I didn't get a chance to hear, of course, but right. to see you and Tori together. Totally. And just to know, because we're doing this, right? We have the connection, you have the connection with Tori, and then right. just to see it all play out was uh, was really cool. The response to this podcast, by the way, was immense. Oh, it was really? incredible. I want to thank everyone that was there that uh, gave us just incredible credit for what it is we're doing. Uh, they so loved what it is we're doing. The things we're talking about seem to be so relevant in so many people's lives. So, this is the, this is the job that uh, that we all talked about to begin with, and we're doing it. So I think we should be That's proud really cool. of ourselves. And it um, feels so good, right? Yes, Randy. <laughs> thank you again. Thank you to iHeart for allowing us a space to do this. Um, yeah, Sharon and I did yes. a little press this morning. Um, we, we spoke to Bethany Frankel, who is, you know, she's, she's doing this podcast that is very based on a lot of the, uh, the real housewives shows and all of that, but we got into a very real conversation about all of it. And she was, she was amazing. Fantastic. Yeah. I loved hanging with yeah, her. As much as I really loved her before I finished speaking to her this morning and I have just a newfound, um, just deep respect and and love for who she is and as kind of a person as as she is. It was great, but there again, the response to the show is fantastic. So uh, it's I, so you, cool everybody. hearing how the name oldish relates to people, right? Everyone sort of has their own feel of like, oh, I feel oldish, but they could be in their twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, seventies. You know what I mean? Everyone has their own way that they're relating to this name, and I think that's so cool because that's the point. Like, we're all very different right. in three different generations, right? I'm thirties, forties, fifties. And we all feel that oldish vibe every now and then something comes up for us. So I love that we've become so relatable to people and oldish has become a term that people are using in their days. And it just feels really cool. And we're only 2.5 episodes in. So much more to come. And speaking of what's to come. 2.5. 2.5. So first of all, we're gonna let, we should talk about that because that was, that was a big um, discussion before we started recording of what to call these episodes because we are doing two a week. Yes. So I think mm-hmm. we've settled on uh, doing half half numbers. So we'll do like episode one and then episode 1.5 will be the follow-up on Thursday and then two and then 2.5. Uh, just so we can keep better track of what our topic was yeah. and what people got into compared to numbering each one individually. I think it, me personally, and it's, most likely just an age thing for me. <laughs> my, it's an oldish thing. It's an oldish brain. thing. Yeah, <laughs> totally. My brain can't uh, wrap itself around the, as we continue to do this and we're into episode 20 and then episode 21 and tw- it's keeping track of 
what it is we were talking about and in that what episode, those, right? What those were. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, because I mean, let, let's talk about this just really quickly. We're doing something that's kind of crazy. Yeah, right? I mean, yeah. doing two episodes a week where we drop one, we wait a day and a half, and then follow up with um, with questions. Yeah. Sometimes people will call in. Yeah. You know, sometimes we might have a guest talking on the subject who can also talk about it. It's like th- that, you know, sometimes people bank 10 episodes and then uh, drip them out because of their schedule. So this is something that is ambitious, but it was so important to us when talking about doing this that we wanted the live element. We yeah, wanted we the wanted interaction. We really current. want to take your questions, your concerns, what you're struggling with, some of your triumphs. I mean, it was so great to hear when we did our last live call both of the live callers have followed up with us yes. saying that they took action, that yeah. it made such a difference. And it's amazing. that's huge. huge. I mean, I get to see this a little bit in the work that I do with people because, you know, hopefully there's some follow up and I get to hear months later or years later the impact that the work has had. But for you two, what is it like to actually hear in real time people saying, this made such a difference. I was able to do X, Y, and Z. What's yeah, that like? It's, it's, yeah. it's amazing. I, I, uh, I was talking about it with Sharna before. The, the feeling that I had after episode 1.5 was amazing. I, to, to know that people were genuinely calling in with things going on in their lives and just needed some direction or guidance or just needed to speak about it. It's the feeling that I got when I was doing Loveline as a kid, and it's what we discussed we wanted to feel with this. And and the fact that the three of us got that God, was so exciting. I, I felt so genuinely happy with the choice of doing the show this way. Because you you ask questions to yourself. Is this gonna work? Is this kind of a dumb way of doing it? You know, what why instead don't we just bank 10 episodes and put them out that way instead of doing what it is we're doing, where we've got to be completely engaged every single week. And this is much more like a standing radio show than a podcast normally is. Podcasts normally, they easily fit within your schedule. You don't really have to take out time. You just have to figure out time when everybody's available and you jump in and record for an hour. That is not what this is. This is, uh, we take the time to think about topics to uh, speak to each other, to then speak to people live, try and help people through situations. And then we rinse and repeat. We do it all again. But the next episode is a completely different thing. And we, we really listen to um, things that are sent into us, things that are DM'd or left on, uh, left on the hotline number. Speaking of all those things, I would love to get into it because we had so many people DM us um, on this and we have some amazing questions. We know ourselves. We could talk for three hours on each question. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I say so we can fit as many in. Let's get into them. Randy, do you have them in front of you? Do you want to? I actually have them as well. Yeah. So let's start with Melissa. Okay. Okay. All right. Melissa asked, I'm currently going through a divorce and will soon be co-parenting with my ex-husband. Where do I even begin? I'm not used to being in an empty house without my kids. Mm, actually, Where do I start? 
Bri, yeah. I remember you talking to me about this, about this feeling of like, oh my God, what am I going to do without them? And then finding gratitude for that space. Yeah, it's a it's a very interesting situation I experienced because it's one that you can't do anything about. The reality is your kids are going to go and be with the other parent and you are going to be home without them. Uh, as much as that pains you, as much as it's different from what you've experienced so far in life, it is what it is. There's nothing you can do about it. But what you start finding is it gives or it gave me an opportunity to really recharge. So while my kids were gone, I could really spend time with myself and my friends and recharge. So then when they came back, I was completely a thousand percent ready for their energy and their questions and their lives. And I was able to, I was able to give them so much more of me than I could when I was with them full time. And Mm. you have those days where you just get tired and you're run down and you're really feeling like you would love having your space, but you can't have your space because you have kids. Mm -hmm. So it's again trying to find the silver lining in things. That was an amazing one for me to to be able to find my own adult time for us. For Sharon and I, we go and we'll go have dinner. We'll go see movies. We'll do things. We'll we'll spend a little more time kind of dating and enjoying each other because we know um, once the three older ones come back from Megan's house and they're here, it's four young kids. It's all hands on deck. And it's, it's the machine and you're constantly on, like we talked about last time, you're constantly in parenting, constantly on your toes, trying to sort of see, watch ahead as, as much as possible. Mm. I think it's important for Melissa, who just asked that question, that it's okay for you to enjoy your time while your kids are at their their other parents house it is okay for you to have fun to do things for you and to enjoy that space I don't I wouldn't want her to ever feel but I can imagine that some parents do guilt when they're not with you it's that what do I do I'm not with them I should be doing something for them that's been your life so far but trying to change that perspective of like what Bri just said so beautifully of really finding gratitude and being able to recharge and doing that thing that parents don't ever get to do while kids are young, spend time with yourself and on yourself only makes you so much more valuable and present and um, ready for all the things when your kids come back. And I think that's so beautiful. It's just a flip in perspective. And I think it's a really important one. Great. What do you think, Randy? What are your thoughts on? I was just going to recap what you both said, Uh, you know, creating more space. So embrace the space that you have. Mm -hmm. I Um, think so. And also recharging is so important. I mean, this is why in business, uh, I think it was in England, they first started uh, looking at four day work weeks and testing that out Mm. for recharging. Mm -hmm. You know, in the health world, it's all about recovery, recovery, you hear it in working out, like what's your recovery? Hmm. We need to recover in terms of uh, parenting because otherwise it's just hands-on all the time. So finding that space so that you can recharge so that when you do have your kids, you're as present as possible. Mm -hmm. And like you said, Sharna, if you can take the guilt away, if you catch yourself feeling guilty, just go, you know what, I'm going to recharge, I'm going to do everything I can so that I feel the best version of myself. So when my kids are here, I can be with them and the quality raises. Absolutely. Yes, exactly. 
Melissa, I hope that, that I helps. Really, I really hope that helps. Um, it's a tough situation, I know, but uh, keep your head up. Always try and find the silver linings and everything because they are there. Uh, this next one is from Kristen. And she said, I am engaged and my fiance's ex-wife wants nothing to do with me. I've always been kind to her and have tried to talk to her, but she has made it clear she wants nothing to do with me. This has been going on for three years now. I have a great relationship with my soon-to-be stepson, but can see this is starting to affect him. Any advice? Randy, you Randy, go first yeah, this time. yeah, you jump in. I, I mean, I'm happy to jump in, but I, I sort of feel like this is your territory <laughs> of experience here. I, 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 I don't know how I feel about you sending all questions about raising uh, large families and co-parenting in my direction. <laughs> I don't know if I should take that personally or if I should thank you for it. So my advice, and you know what, I'm sure, baby, I'm sure you have really good advice on this as well. My advice, and it's kind of short, uh, kind of short and sweet, is I would reach out to the ex-wife and ask if you can sit down and talk. I think communication within this is the absolute best in, in having a conversation and saying, listen, um, you know, I have started noticing that, uh, that our non-ability to get along is affecting the child. And I want to figure out the healthiest way of dealing with this situation together um, if you don't want to be friends with me, that's, we don't have to be homies and hang out on weekends. We don't have to have that, but I think it's your responsibility in, in this because you seem to be the one that is noticing it the most to step forward and, and say that, uh, we should, we should talk about this and figure out a way of making this work because there's no, there's no way otherwise of, getting getting around it or getting away from it it mm. is what it is so we need to step up as adults and make this the best situation it can be for this child i i agree with brian i'd love to add on to the end of it i think um because you are experiencing this you're noticing it you're very present to it uh yes you can step up and to make that message to uh the ex-wife and reach out and just say hey you know i've noticed that um John, I don't know your, your son's name, is is feeling this type of way and I'd really love for him to feel comfortable. Is there any way we can mend our communication and our relationship for the greater good and for him? Um, I understand things may be difficult, but I'd really love to create a safe environment for him. And then you leave it be. If nothing comes back to you, nothing comes back to you. You don't fight for it. You don't claw for it. You also just keep sending those messages of, hey, this happened today, include her in, oh, he did something really great today, send photos, send a video on uh, the mom's birthday if he's not with her. You'll always reach out with kindness and respect and be an example of the relationship that you would like to have with her without the expectation of needing it back because that expectation is only going to fire you up more and more and more that you're not receiving anything back. So you give it without wishing to receive and all you can do for your 
stepson is again, be that example and have really great language and communication. We do with the kids. I mean, we have a great relationship with Megan, but always it's like, mommy can't wait to see you or let's do this for mom or let's send this to her. And you just create positive language for a positive experience for what you can control. And that's what Bri talks about all the time. Worry about what you can control. You can control your reactions to her and how you are with her and your language about her with your stepson. Other than that, you cannot worry about what you cannot control. And if she does choose to be this person, unfortunately, your stepson has chosen a path in this life to have that journey with her, that at least he will have representation in you of what good communication, kindness and openness looks like. And as he's an adult, he will recognize, he will see the differences and he will be able to make his own choices. Um, But some things we cannot save kids from going through and experiencing. We can only be a shining light and example. And again, to reiterate that those words, worry about what you can control. I think this ties right in, though, to the next question from John, uh, where he said, I let my kids have more screen time at my place than my ex-wife. Do you face any of these issues? How can we compromise? There's always an argument. We do the screen time thing. So we we went through... Um, Figuring that out, Megan is much more of a no screen time, no devices. We do have devices, switches and screen time here. And we have found a beautiful balance of a schedule, right? And that was just through being really respectful of what the other person wants and finding the middle ground, you know, it's, so we have, they have a a certain, a small amount of time in the morning and a small amount of time in the afternoon. And and there it is. And we came to a schedule that we can all agree on. It might not have been Megan's wish for them to have all these screens and it's not our wish for them to have none of them. Right. So we found a middle ground where we could all feel happy and the kids, because kids, need that love the schedule they know the rules they have the schedule they've settled into it and it is what it is they fully respect it and everyone is happy and john buddy compromise comes on both sides yeah so neither side is going to get a hundred percent of what it is they want so for you two to have a conversation a, a very honest real conversation and say listen the screen time rules are different between the two houses but i respect your concerns So let's figure out some numbers and some ways of working it where we are both comfortable with doing it. Mm -hmm. And again, you both have to know that in compromise, neither side gets exactly what it is they want. That's that to me is the definition of compromise is two people coming together and finding a solution that works for both. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Important point. It has to work for both if both people are dug in in terms of what they want. I think there's also like when and some people may choose to at, um, at you know, this parent's house, I get screens and at this parent's house, I don't get them. And that is just what the rules are. But I think that's difficult because I think kids like consistency and then that can become a tool for the kids. Well, dad lets me do this and mom lets me do this. And then then I think that can create um just difficulty and um, bring things up that just aren't necessary. If you create consistency and come to a compromise for both houses and try and truly have that consistency as much as possible, I think it eliminates that, well, dad lets me do this and mom lets me do this. And that's triggering for any parent to be right. compared to the other. Right. I think you're right, Sharna. Hands down, if you can come to a place of consistency totally. and compromise and everyone's on the same page, great. And I think there are times where 
one parent is going to do something one way and the other parent wants it different and there are going to be differences. Mm. And one thing about those differences is to understand that that child, we are going to bump up against hard things and inconsistencies because of that is just the way that things work. So learning how to navigate that, hey, when I'm here, I do this. When I'm there, I don't do this. And there's going to be some pushback, right? Because at some point, um, that's going to come out by way of the child being angry that they can't do something at one parent's that they can do at the other. Totally. If you just hold the firm line, I understand. And, you know, we've discussed it and they do things that way. And we're going to do it this way. I think it's important too to like to instead of playing the two houses together uh, to create a, a love for the kids of the differences at the other house. Like, okay, yeah. here you get to do all this, but over there you get to do all this stuff that I don't allow you to do over here. So you find that thing. So then they feel excitement going from house to house. Hmm. When you drive a vehicle so reliable, it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty. You stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because, God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Claim comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Should we move on to the next question? I I think it's JC. JC, yeah. I think that's how you pronounce it. JC, yeah. I would love for you to speak on your experience with therapy and how you found the right therapist. Does your experience of success with therapy depend on your therapist? Oh, interesting. That's a big question. Can I take that one? Yes, you should you absolutely can. take that one, Randy. <laughs> so I think that your success ultimately is dependent upon you and how open you are, how willing you are to get out of it what you truly want, which also entails that if the professional or the expert is not cutting it after a while, or I mean, I have heard some horror stories of practitioners, and I'm not just going to say therapists, right? It can be, it can be coaches, it can be uh, psychiatrists. I've heard some real horror stories of people who, you know, someone fell asleep in the session while they were doing it um, with couples. It was just a hot mess. And there can be great therapists. There can be therapists that aren't so great. There can be therapists that just might not be the right fit for mm. what it is you need because you need a different style or a slightly different modality, right? There's all types of therapy from cognitive behavioral to uh, EMDR, if there's some sort of trauma. So there's many different routes to go. It is your responsibility though, to be clear on what it is you want to take out of it and to make sure that you're getting that. So you can always speak up to the therapist and say, Hey, we've talked about this one thing for a while. I just feel like I'm ruminating in the same circle. I would really like to break free from this. How do I move on Mm -hmm. from this? Mm -hmm. When you ask that it will challenge the therapist or practitioner to go, Oh yeah, maybe, maybe I need to dance with them in a different way. And I see that working really well. Mm -hmm. So first and foremost, your success is dependent upon you. You have the power, JC. Um, You have the power to heal the person who is helping you or guiding that healing is the person that you call in to help you with that. Sometimes it's the right person. Sometimes it requires you to speak up to change it slightly. Sometimes it might just be a it's time to move on and find someone else who's yeah, right. Look, looking at like school, job. you know, you have from year to year in school when you're younger, you have a different teacher teaching you, whether it's math, whether it's history, what, you have a different person every single year because it, to me, it kind of shakes things up and it, and it gives you a new perspective on dealing with somebody and a new way of looking at a situation. I think sometimes that works with therapy as well. Uh, it's, I used to do the same thing when I was younger in acting class. I, I kind of felt like the more vision on it and the more, the more help with it I had, the better because I could then, it gave me the opportunity to find the thing that worked for me. It's like you kind of get all of these tips and pointers and things and insight from people that are around you. And so the more insight and the more tips you can get and the more things you can learn from other people, it gives you better tools yourself than to apply the techniques that seem to work the best. I know it seems like a lot of people get stuck in therapy, especially they'll jump in and they'll do the first like six months where you, you're sort of complaining about everything that's happened in your life and, and uh, the people that hurt your feelings and the things that went wrong and the stuff. But then there's that certain point where you get to the end of that and you go, okay, so I know what, what other people did. Now, 
who am I? Like, what part do I play in all of it now? Because that, if it truly is your past, it has to live in your past. It can't be something that is still in your present affecting what it is you do. So, but that's the hard part is for people to then, I think, step forward and do the true taking accountability part, which is, mm. which is, oh my God, I do because of what I went through when I was young. I do this to partners. I speak to people this way. I don't listen very well. I don't. And then you start making those changes, but that's the hard part. And sometimes it takes more than one person to help you find all of that and uncover all of that. And that's okay. I don't think therapists, uh, Randy, you would speak better than, than I could, but it doesn't seem to me like a good life coach or therapist would take offense to someone saying, okay, I'm going to, I, you know, thank you so much for everything. I really feel like I need to try something new also and go and I'll let you know and like, let's continue to talk, but sort of change it up. It doesn't feel like you, like a, a good, um, life coach or therapist would, would feel like they, like they are solely your life coach and that is, and they're the only Absolutely. ones that are meant to be there. Yeah. A good therapist or a life coach or practitioner wants you to get the result that you want. They mm-hmm. want to see you heal, to grow, to upgrade yourself. If that's not happening or, you know, you've taken that relationship as far as it can go and someone says, you know, I'm ready for something else. That's a beautiful jumping off point. That's actually, uh, relationship wise, that can be a very pertinent point for someone to actually speak up enough Mm. to say, I'm ready for something new. It's a beautiful individuation process that is modeled by therapist and, um, and patient. So, you know, yeah, I think that's great. So, for, for, for JC or anyone listening who's considering uh, therapy of some kind, Sharna, mm-hmm. what would you say are the top five things to ask a therapist or to look for if you're looking for help? To ask a therapist, my goodness, that's probably a really good question. For, for me, what I look for, so in my experience of therapy and therapists, it's first of all, for me, energy is a big thing. Am I in that room? Does it feel like a space where I can be vulnerable? Do I feel safe? Do I feel like I, I want to open up here? Um, I need it to feel, for me, quite friendly in a sense to make me feel comfortable. I think when it feels too clinical and too uh, cold, I don't feel safe in opening up. For some people, they prefer that. You know, this is, again, preference in um, in what you need. So does the room feel comfortable? Do you feel safe and like you can open up? And then as you're talking, if you find yourself um, battling against that person all the time and the things that they say to you and they're just not getting through to you, I feel like then maybe that's not, it's not that you're just being combative. I think it's just you're not having the same language and it's not not getting through to you and you're going to spend more time trying to get on a level to communicate with your therapist than being able to sit in a space of listening and growing within it. So um, and it's really not that you're trying to have someone tell you what you want to hear. You can hear hard things, but sometimes it's just in the delivery of them or you feel like you're not being understood and that those words are going a different direction to what you're looking for. That means to me, you're not in the right space. There's someone else that is going to hear you in the way that you are trying to be heard and um, have an easier conversation with you. And that's, they're just my experiences. I don't know if that's necessarily five things. 
Um, I don't look for therapy to be easy and I don't look for it to always be comfortable, but I do need to feel safe and like I'm being heard and that we're speaking the same language, so to speak. Um, I also think having someone um, affirm you all the time and, you know, uh, assuring you that you're right in a sense is also wrong. You know, you need someone that yeah. can challenge you. you. Yeah, you don't want a yes ask man. Ask you questions. You yeah. don't want a yes man therapist. Yeah. That is not going to help anybody. I don't prefer that. I, you know, I had years of therapy and I had different, I had one therapist who I was so comfortable with until I took that as far as I could possibly go. Mm-hmm. It's like, I, I think I need something different. And then I had something else. And then I got into different you know, spiritual type ways and different modalities of working with things. Have you ever had any therapists that you just didn't click with at all? Because I think that's important for people to realize like, oh, it's not necessarily just them. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the first therapist I ever went to, I just, it was a, it was an energy thing. It was a vibe Mm -hmm. thing. I went in there. It was so clinical. I felt like they just didn't get me Mm -hmm. at all. And I thought, I'm not comfortable, so I don't want to go to that person. So I was resistant to therapy because of that initial consultation. didn't want to do it because I thought that's what therapy was. So for all those listening, if you've had a a consultation with someone or you've had an experience in therapy or a, a practitioner of some kind or coaching or anything like that, and it just wasn't a good fit or it just didn't feel great, there's so many more people so out many there. More. Yeah, kick the and tires. I think like- <laughs> there is something magical that happens when you are witnessed by somebody else in a powerful way, when someone can listen to you, when they can hear you. Because so much of our story is that we weren't heard, felt, or seen as children in some form or fashion. So to be able to have those parts seen, felt, uh, witnessed, and then given back to you in a way where you're you're being asked questions, you can answer a question and hear the answer that you're giving. Mm-hmm. That's when I see people change the most is when you ask a question and they go, oh yeah, I would mm-hmm. never say that to myself that was said to me. And then they go, oh, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm doing that to so me. So good. Right. And then when they make that connection, you can almost see the the neurons <laughs> start to form no randy you can see the neurons i see no neurons i, <laughs> I see color is that is that weird i taste copper and i feel color and i see color uh, i know I, I had that moment also with my therapist like i remember the the woman that uh that i've been with recently like i knew when i got in with her just the very first time I, I, that session ended and I felt like, Oh, this is, she's exactly what I needed at this point Mm -hmm. in my life. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm so excited to go in and see her. And I just, it's, she is, I love her because what has worked for me is someone that is absolutely direct and to the point and will tell me, okay, I don't want you to, I don't want you to say it like that anymore. I want you to try this next time. Like she gives me these fun little, uh, these little challenges and these little tricks and they just work. They've worked so well for me, but it's, I think it's totally like you were saying, baby, it's totally individual. It's Mm -hmm. like people, uh, you, you have to go in and like I said, jokingly, like kick the tires. It's, you know, when you're, when you're meeting therapist, 
go see a few of them and, and see what styles are what instead of walking into one and going, okay, well now since I've wasted an hour of your time, I guess I'm in this. It's like, you don't have to be. Right. It's like buying soccer cleats for my daughter. Yeah. We went and she saw one pair and was like, that's it. Cause they're blue. And I, <laughs> right. They're, they're made for soccer. They're soccer cleats. I was the annoying parent. I said, no, 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 no. There's 12 on this shelf. We're going to try on every single one. Right. We can worry about the color later. I want you to feel what it's like. Run around. She looked at me like, oh, no, we're not going to do this. I said, we are because <laughs> I want you to get the right fit because you're going to be out there and they could be blue. But if your feet are hurting or you get ingrowns or bunions or something, you're going to be complaining. Right. You're going to want so, some different shoes. <laughs> so get yeah. the right fit. Right. First. Yeah. Most yeah, don't don't waste your time and your money on shoes that don't fit like you totally know. exactly <laughs> but i mean i do that so we've i love that we've round this whole thing out to making <laughs> to sure shoes. that the shoes fit that's so down <laughs> up my alley i love that yeah you know yeah. I, I i do have to say this too just for uh for listeners as you come on this journey with us i use a lot of analogy sometimes uh it's silly it'll be to shoes or food or animals but i I have seen people learn really well by story and something where we have an, a quick association with. And, and sometimes it changes things in the brain very quickly, more than just talking concept. So a lot of times I make these you know strange analogies, but there's a rhyme to the reason because you can go, oh yeah, shoes, good fit, totally right, good. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, Got totally. it. Yeah, yeah, you have those moments. We have uh, a couple more questions here that I think we have partially answered, but I feel like we can give some good quick advice yeah, to. Yeah, so these are, these are sort of combinations. A lot of people, um, they messaged us with, with very similar questions. So we've tried to combine those so we can give as much information to you all as possible. Mm -hmm. So baby, why don't you start? So uh, first one is any advice on when you have different discipline styles, when one is more lenient than the other or vice versa? I, so my feel is much the same as we were talking about devices and, and doing all of that. Um, Worry about what you can control. Yeah. Discipline styles, you know, people are different. Some are more laid back. Some are much more into a schedule and, and a format and doing it that way. So I think the more you, like Sharna just said, worry about what it is you can control, try and find... Um, find ways of compromising in certain situations when you can mm -hmm. keep the line of communication open with the person that you're mm -hmm. co-parenting with and know and be okay with the concept of we are absolutely different people, which is why we are no longer together, but we both have the best intentions exactly in raising kids. So, you know, I may not know it all. You may not know it all. Be open to, talking about things and learning be open to hearing differences of opinion and there there are times tons of times when Megan will say something and I'll go that's a really good point like I didn't I you know I didn't think about it completely that way and vice versa you have to be you have to you, you have to be open to all of that because mm -hmm. I, it's that's the only way you're going to learn is hearing is hearing from people that have different ways of thinking and feeling 
And I think also remember, and this is a through line for everything with co-parenting, keep the language around the other parent always positive. So if your child comes back and they're like, oh, mommy or daddy took away TV for, or I'm, gr- I'm actually grounded for two weeks or whatever that is, you have to show support for that and say, oh, I understand. I'm, I'm sorry that that's happened. I'm sure mommy or daddy had their reasons for it. Um, and be in support of that instead of criticizing it. Don't um, enforce a negative idea or opinion of it for your child. You can only support and say, you know, that we are different, but this is what mommy believes and we have to respect that. Um, and I think it's all within reason. Obviously, if you're talking about discipline and it starts to get physical, I would have huge issues with that. And there are obviously boundaries there. But if you're just talking about strict versus not strict, you know, ice cream before bed or whatever it is, you again, worry about what you can control. Keep the language positive. And two words really helps here. Stay curious. Hmm. So if there's something that you don't agree with, because even in healthy parenting relationships where people are together, people have different parenting styles. Totally. One is usually more lenient than the other person. One's yeah. the more disciplinary, one's more strict. So this happens anyway. I think something that is really interesting, and I guess it's a piece of self-work, is to stay curious and go, okay, so I have this, this line that I'm toting, or I have this ideal, or I have this belief that uh, they should go to bed by a certain time and they should not eat sugar and they should not be on screens. And if they are, what do I believe is going to happen? If they do do this, is it, is it going to be life threatening? Is it going to change their trajectory of who they're going to become? Because some of these things, if you're holding on to too tightly, it's causing problems for you which then will cause stress and problems in the relationship, whether with the other uh, co-parent or parent or the child. Mm. So sometimes it could just be a nice, easy process of asking yourself, and there might be something where you say, nope, nope, this I feel strongly and that's just my belief, and it's not going to change. That's okay. Mm. There might be something where you say, okay, going to bed a little bit later uh, on a school night or then getting this dessert, did that child have fun? Are they okay? Am I right. seeing any differences in their experience? behavior? Yeah. Right. And it might be positive. And then talking to Great the child advice. and going, okay, you know, it's if they wake up later the next day and they're a little groggier for school, it's like, okay, so what did we learn from last night? That exactly. having dessert so close to bedtime didn't work very well for you and for you had trouble falling asleep. Right. So totally. it's, you, you know, you find those, those discussions, which I think totally. are just invaluable. That's a good point. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. 
I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello! Acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for deliverance. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do we have a voicemail, by the way? Because I think do we? Uh, we do a have a voicemail. voicemail. Yes, yeah. someone left us a voicemail on our oldish hotline, and it's Ooh. a really great question. <laughs> we have we have a standard telephone. I love that. Like in the, <laughs> in, you know, in the days now of cellular networks and all of that. Like there's that thought of there's still somebody like sitting behind a phone a, fo- a phone bank with like headphones. Right. You know, how can I connect you, please? And like the whole thing. I love that. I don't know if it's quite like that, but you know, okay, it is well, a voice. I'm going I'm yeah. to imagine it All right, in baby. my mind the way I want to. Okay. You and do that. It works for me. I will support you in that. Again, oldish. Uh, <laughs> Hi guys. My name is Sheila Brandy. Maybe you can help me with this and Brian having a 20 year old son. How do you deal with parenting an adult that still lives at home, still needs help getting up in the morning to work and support, you know, and things that he does and, you're great friends with them, but there's that fine line of he is an adult, but he's still your kid. How do you let go a little bit? I'm having a heck of a time, and I know I'm making it harder on him by not letting go where I need to let go, but there's that confusion on what should I let go of, what should I not let go of, how do I still, you know, be his mom, any suggestions, advice, thanks for all you guys are doing, I think you guys are awesome. I think parents struggle with this a lot. 
you know, when to push, how do I let go? I, I want to be friends with my child. So I don't really want to rock the boat and push them away mm. and create a wedge between us. Let me just start by saying this is nuanced and not a one size fits all. Totally. Okay? Yeah. Um, but to, to just give some insight here, I think if there are adult children living at home and you are seeing that there are things that they could be doing themselves, should be doing themselves, it's really important in small ways, not everything at once, not the whole complete, you know, tough love, start to give them more responsibility or start to have conversations with them about how they uh, can can start uh, cleaning more, cooking more, contributing more. Maybe they need to do their own laundry because those things, if those aren't being done, they will never feel confident enough to be on their own because they are reliant on all the things that you are doing. And if you're cleaning up after them, if they leave dishes in the sink and you're putting them away, they will never learn how to do it themselves. It's so never true. too you're late. You're almost doing a disservice to them. It, um, it is a yeah. disservice. I can't tell you how many parents I've talked to who have said, you know, my kids are going off to college and I'm just... I'm making everything nice and, and they'll, they'll tell me that they're doing all their dishes and they're doing their laundry and they're doing it. And I'll say, no, 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 no. You, you have to stop doing that because what you're creating is a person who goes off into the world and has no skills to live in the world. Mm -hmm. And that is a tumultuous, a tumultuous ocean waiting to happen. It's going to mm -hmm. be harder for them. Life is hard enough trying to figure out who you are, what you want to do, how to make money. How Let alone having yourself. no skills to go into the world and do it on your right? own. Like right. Like all that is hard. So you can support them now by having a conversation that if they're living at home, they can contribute in these various ways. It also hits that bucket of purpose for them where even if they're resistant to doing it, innately it feels good to contribute to the whole and i think after a while they will feel like that it's not about being their best friend mm. sometimes as a parent and it's so hard i struggle with this daily i have to hold a line even though i so badly want to cave i'm looking to their future self and saying but why am i doing this mm. i'm holding this line because of who i want them to be not if i want them to be happy right now in this moment and like mm. me. So it's tough love, uh, love being the operative word, but still, but still holding it's, the line. Still. Right. It's, right. it's, it's love, love. Yeah. It's, it's not even necessarily tough by asking an adult to, uh, wash your dishes. I mean, Brian Sharna, if you are staying at my house and after four days, I'm like, Hey, can you, you help out a little bit? Right. Yeah. Yeah. If you guys if haven't you done did anything. the dishes, <laughs> right. yeah. you wouldn't go, Oh my God, he's such an <laughs> asshole. Yeah, right. can't believe he asked me that. Dish. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> absolutely. I think it's such a such a big question. I honestly can't imagine it because I'm not there yet. I can, well, I can only imagine it. But Randy, I was going to ask you a question. Is there any validity, merit, weight in giving an ultimatum saying, I love you so much and we're going to work together that in the next six months, we're going to, I'm going to help you save up and I'm going to, you're going to be picking up some more things around the house because you need to, I love you, but you need to start living your life so you can create the rest of it. I won't be here forever. And the best way I know how to support you as a parent is to help you 
teach you how to fish, not give you a fish. You know what I mean? I need, I need you to know that you can do this for the rest of your life on your own. And so with deep love and openness, I'm going to help you learn how to do that and give, give an end date and be like six months or 12 months, whatever feels right. But giving an, um, an ultimatum again with love, because I think if it's a kid that's been at home into, let's say it's their twenties, we're talking about an adult, you're pretty used to just like mum's probably said before, hey, you really should get your own place. But you say, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it never happens. You you can very easily right. just wash over the things that parents say as a kid because you keep hearing them so often. But I think if the conversation changes and mum says, it's not that enough is enough and I don't want you here. I would have you here forever, but I am doing you a disservice by allowing that. I need you to be able to go out in the world and realize that you can be independent on your own and that you can meet someone and build a life with them. I can always be your friend, but I cannot be your partner in life. It was my job to raise you to go out there and build your own and it's time for you to fly. So almost making that home experience then for them like a job in itself going, listen, I have no problem. Like you said, I have no problem with you being here, Mm. but if you are these, these are the ways this is going to be structured for it to work for you to be here. Yeah. It's very specific. I'm not asking a lot. Um, you, you know, you, you're here. I'm absolutely, I love you and, and I'm, I'm your partner in all of this, but there are things that you're going to need to do. And then you lay them out much like you do with a kid when they've got chores. It's like, this is to live under this roof. This is what needs to be done. I'm going to help you. You need to help me as well. Like this has to be a a team, a team effort. What do you think? Does an ultimatum sound like something that could be everything within reason? Every circumstance, every situation is different, but would that ever be something you would suggest to a a client? Hands down. So I, I, I feel like we're all saying the same thing. Mm. It's just a variation. You're asking, is there, would it be beneficial to have an ultimatum? Yeah, like a date. Like yes. So so a, a drop dead date, right? Mm, right. Um, helps sometimes. Right. Um, I think it is important. I mean, everything that you just said. Notice the 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 tone, right? I mean, listen to the way that Sharna did it. It, it was very loving. It was mm-hmm. very nurturing. It was a right. way that uh, someone could feel the care and there is an ultimatum. There's an explanation. Here's why I'm doing this. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Some children, even if they're adults, we'll call them children, right? The children. They'll always be children. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes that works well if they have the ability to do those things. Sometimes there's other stuff going on. There's a lot of anxiety. Totally. They could have overwhelm. Uh, there's other conditions that are happening. And that's why I say it's, it's nuanced here and it's not just a, a quick, easy advice brush stroke. Yeah. Because if you give an ultimatum to someone like that, it can create so much pressure that the adverse uh, effect happens. They, they, they don't do anything. They Depending crumble on, yeah. under the pressure and it doesn't help to build them up. I do believe that there should be a date if you could work together. It just really depends on the child. And I would say, you know, leave it up to the parent to ask, where do I feel that they're at? Do I feel that they are capable of doing that? And if so, I'm going to help them to play out 
uh, that capability to the best of their ability and the best yeah. of my ability. Think- if not, get some help. Get right. someone to come in. You know, uh, when I say come in, hire um, a, uh, a a therapist or someone who can help to also take the burden off of the parent being uh, just the bad guy. Right. And have them talk to the professional. I think specifically, uh, Sheila, if we take it back to you for a second, you mentioned something in your voicemail about how he still needs help getting up and getting to work. Those things, I think, is part of that almost tough love or love love that Randy and Brian have talked about of you got to stop that. That if he doesn't wake up and get to work, then there are consequences to that. And you got to allow him to experience those consequences because you are correct in what you said. You are not helping him by doing these things for him. You are actually handicapping him because he's not learning his lessons. Allow him the space. We've said this in our own three different ways. Allow him the space to learn these lessons and gain these tools within your home in this safe space. Um, And then again, decide whether you can give him a, uh, a, a D date or not, but you got to stop doing so much for him. Like he is your 10 year old because he's not anymore. And he's got to learn how to do things on his own. Okay. So we were just going to go to the, the fourth question here, but this third one is, is a good, it's a one, good also. one too. Yeah. One is in what ways do you and your co-parent involve the children in, de- in decision-making processes or discussions about their own schedules and activities? Oh, I mean, I would say for us right now, there is the schedule of when they go back and forth between houses. And that is always, um, there's an ebb and flow to that because our schedules are always changing. So the kids are always really excited to go to wherever they're supposed to go. Um, They're... Trips away, we definitely give the kids choices. Do you want to do this? Do you want to go here? Um, Whether it be with us or with Megan. So they always have a choice in big things like that. And I think as they grow, there will be more discussion about what they do and don't want to do. But I don't know if it would ever be a discussion of do you want to go to mama's house today? You know, I feel like that opens up to a kid being in a bad mood and saying, no, I want to stay here because they want to do something that's in this house and not over there. I think it's all age appropriate. I tend to take the thing of the the stance of I give kids the ability to make choices when they're little choices, when, when it's sort of like, do, you know, what, what do you want to eat? What are you, you know, how it's kind of cold outside. What do you think you want to wear? So they have, so they get that sense of that they've, they've got their little totally. victories, but then on the big ones, scheduling things like that, school, after school activities, times and places to be somewhere. You're the parent. You're the one that sort of guides the train that way. I believe. They do get to choose what after school activities they do. But once they choose them, you have to show up. Right. Then you've got then you've got to be a parent and go, okay, so now you're in it. So this is the schedule for it. Yeah, this is what and you chose. You have to give me at least a month of like really trying committing it and to doing it. it. And then at that point, then it's kind of your choice again. You know, if it's really something that you don't like, then we find something else that you do like. So again, their choice gets to come back into play. So I think it's a give and take. You I, I personally figure out uh what what choices they can make that don't necessarily affect everything so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then when there are the hard choices that need to be made, I can do them and know, hey, I, I give you guys plenty of choices and things that, that you want. So this, but this is mine. This is, this is my thing. Enough said. That's, that's my, that's, your that's my mic word? drop moment right that's there. That's your Randy. mic drop. <laughs> you, you and Sharon are the rest of this. 
<laughs> All right. I would just follow that up very briefly uh, by saying, I think for the main thing, you have to be clear on what it is you're willing to do, right? So if there's three different options, but one option you just don't want to do or you don't agree with, or that can happen, you can't drive them to that activity because it's too far away and you're managing another child. You have to be very careful with the choices that you're giving. Mm -hmm. You want to make sure that you could do both. And if you're clear, okay, these both will work out. I can do this. Now, you know, I can give this choice to the child. Mm. Um, but I also agree completely with age dependent. I think if you give a, a four-year-old too many choices, that can actually cause anxiety because it's Absolutely. too big. You need a smaller container. Yeah. Like, hey, we could have this fruit or that fruit. Which one do you want? Yeah. And sometimes there's safety in going, you know, I, I really, I'll take the banana. Yeah. Right? As I love opposed how to like, Randy goes have, right to fruit. Which fruit? I, you know, I don't know. These things <laughs> pop in my head. But <laughs> good. You know, it's but because if you just go, you can have any fruit that you want in the world. It's a big market. What do you want? Sometimes a, a child will go, yes, okay, and they'll go crazy grabbing fruit. Sometimes, no, see, I would have been like too much. daunted with that question as a kid. Like, I don't know. Fruit section Ask me going, my favorite no food idea. now, and I don't know what to tell you. Right. Like, I'm like, it changes on day to day. There's, I overthink things way too much. So, me as a kid asking me if of all the food in the world, what could I eat? I would, I would have frozen and not known what to say, for sure. Too many right. options. So. So age dependent, make sure that you are clear on uh, the fact that you can follow through with those choices. And then if it feels right, then, then give the choice mm -hmm. and see what their way in is. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Awesome, everyone. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how, I don't know where, I don't know what. God, if you show me, God, if you tell me, God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello! Acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. And it has amazing guests such as Alex Hormozzi, Layla Hormozzi, Cody Sanchez. We pull in these amazing interviews with other people that are not only great marketers, but actual operators. And the icing on the cake is Neil and myself were also operators as well. So we share learnings from the trenches. We share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people. And we also share other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. How do you handle co-parenting during special occasions, holidays, or important milestones for the children? Do you have any shared traditions or ways of celebrating together? We um, take turns on holidays and things, so everything alternates, basically, and that's the fairest way to do it. Obviously, for the parent's birthday, the kids are with that parent, uh, and for the kids' birthdays, we try to all be together if we're all in town, um, and we're all going to be at the same space. Usually, we have the kids' birthdays here at the house because we'll have the kids from school, we have a great yard for it, and Megan will come by for it. The more you can split or share major holidays, the better. If, if Totally. If you, know, if you guys make a decision early on of like, hey, we want to try and stay together as much as possible, and it's Thanksgiving, let's alternate houses, but have the same group of people alternate houses so it's both parents are going from one house to another if possible if possible yeah if you know if not you figure out these schedules of alternating holidays um where the the parents are totally behind it and they make it super exciting for the kids hey this year it's going to be so exciting you're going to be you know at uh, at your dad's house for for christmas morning and you're going to be at my house the night before and you try and make it this big exciting celebration yeah we so make christmas eve, like eve christmas here when they're with their mama for christmas night into christmas morning so we they get two christmases and yeah, they we get make christmas it really eve, exciting. eve here and then christmas eve morning is our christmas morning and, and then, then we'll alternate yeah and we we'll um, alternate that from year to year and when it comes to milestones and like say things at school if we're with you know school plays or whatever it is or up up to graduation you suck it up you show up for the kid for the greater good you're you're the adult in in the room so you know you suck up your stuff and you be there for your kids absolutely and you don't make it about you you make it about your kid and if you can be in the same space and have a conversation and whatnot amazing if not keep your distance so you can keep good energy but just but it's still show up. Show right? up for your kid. It Just is so love your much kids. More important. Let them know how proud of them you are. Yes, because they are unaware of all the nuances and all the things going on between you. But what they will do is look out in the audience and look for both of your faces. And if they don't see one, that's all they're going to remember. It's dev- it can be devastating. Mm-hmm. It can. All right, good work. I like awesome. that. Awesome. That was yeah. yeah, we did good. Nice <laughs> nice way to finish uh finish episode 2.5. 2.5. I'm so glad I, we decided. You add, on you're that adding one. decimals now. Decimals, they, yeah. They, this is like a, a word problem in math. You start adding oh, decimals and Hey, I was actually a fan of math when I was a kid. Yeah, so, not anymore know. though. I got I get so confused on when the kids come home with math homework and it's so much different to sure, what it was. Because math math has changed, you know. Mm-hmm. I but I still I am a facts guy. 
I like still a fax have, machine. That's I still about have my pager somewhere. <laughs> like it's just the way it's going to be. <laughs> you do not have a fax machine. No, we but do not. you know, but we Randy and I keep te- uh, faxing or texting each other the word <laughs> boobs, which is just nine oh oh nine. What two? Five, that's you turn it upside down. It, oh, was this a pager thing? Yeah, no, that's, see, it. that's would, before you my would know time. About any of this. <laughs> that's before my time. How isn't that? I ain't that oldish. Isn't wow. isn't that terrible to to hear the fact that you are in the middle of these two here right now, Randy? And yes. there are absolute things like I, for me, like I remember when cell phones first came out, and they were like briefcases with the curly oh, yeah. cords to the handset. I remember that. My dad and had now, one. But now our kids are like they've never lived in a world without smartphones and without like and without touch. Yeah. Touch ordering and Wi-Fi. They're like, oh my god, there's no Wi-Fi, and it's like. I, I lived most of my life without Wi-Fi. Yeah. Like you'll be right, fine. Like, what do you mean? It's not going to come on Prime in two days <laughs> yeah, in a day totally. and a half right. overnight? Wait, how long do I have to wait on this? You're telling me two and a half days? That's ridiculous. Crazy. <laughs> I, I, I broke out the story about getting out the yellow pages the other day and looking yes. at toy stores oh, to yeah. try and find a toy. And my daughters were looking at me and just smiling yeah. without any reference point. Yeah, they're like, I got no idea. I still, I still have a conversation was sometimes uh about about um what was the the thomas guide the maps that you used to have to carry around and you go to page 15 and then 15 would go to you know if you're going north you'd go to page 16 if you're going south you go to page 13 it was a whole i was so good at reading those and you learned the way that those are read and now it's you've got maps on your phone and you literally you literally couldn't get lost if you if you wanted to unless you left your phone at home but I do that in cities now, which is kind of a fun thing. I'll go someplace I've never been and I'll just w- start walking and get lost, keep my phone in my pocket, see if I can find my way back home at the end of it all. And if not, I know I can always pull out my phone and I can see exactly where I need to go. So <laughs> it's Love it. finding Love it. the beauty Oldish, of it. everyone. Oldish, yeah. <laughs> These Welcome are all to it. things. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, thank you for listening to us once again. Please download the podcast, rate us, follow us on Oldish Pod, or leave a message at 855-OLDISH-3. We would we would love to involve you in, in the topics and the things that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. We love the fact that you are coming to listen to us and, and that we can help you in any way possible. Randy. You're the best, China, as always. Baby, just oh, incredible, incredible insight. I am so honored. I love doing the show with you guys. Setting up technically, it's a bit of a challenge every week. <laughs> Don't love that part. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank we you, have everyone. a new episode coming up soon. Make sure you don't miss it. Thank you. Bye. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Yes, you guys are amazing. Make sure you guys go and follow us on Instagram at, at oldishpod. And you can also go and leave us a message at our own hotline, which is 855-OLDISH-3. Make sure and write us a review. Leave us five stars if you loved it. Leave us five stars if you didn't. We it love helps. five stars. <laughs> we love five stars. Yeah, we like five stars. Time. Yeah. See you All next right. week. Bye, everybody. Bye. See you next week, everyone. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. 
acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.